Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast, your post-game four recap. I am Eric Rowlandson from LightningInsider.com, and uh, I got to make this a quick one. I got a flight to catch uh, as I do this in the late hours or early hours of the morning, however your perspective is. Uh, So I just want to touch on a few things here before I sign off for this episode. The first thing is... um, I guess we got to start with the ending because I've been covering this game a long time. I've seen a lot of dramatic endings. I've seen a Tyler Johnson goal with 1.1 second left in the third period to give Tampa Bay a win. I saw a goal with Nikita Kucherov scoring with 8.6 seconds left in regulation last year in the Eastern Conference Finals against these same New York Islanders turned into a victory for Tampa Bay. But I'm not sure I saw anything close to what happened in the dying seconds of game four on Saturday because the Lightning had to storm back from a three-goal deficit after two periods, and they put themselves in position to make that comeback. Braden Point scores a one-on-five goal early in the third period. Tyler Johnson scores a couple minutes later to make it 3-2 with about – 13, 12, 13 minutes left in the third period. And the Lightning had their moments in the third. They had some chances. Semyon Varlamov made an unbelievable save on Nikita Kucherov on one of those sweeping one-timers that we've seen from Kucherov in the past. But what happened in the final is under 10 seconds left. Tampa Bay, first of all, they have to kill off a penalty, which I'm not sure how they were put into that position with Victor Hedman called for tripping on Cal Clutterbuck deep in the defensive zone as he just went to go swipe a puck. He hit Clutterbuck in the shin guards, and Clutterbuck falls and sells the job to the officials to get the power play out of it. But either way, Tampa Bay has to kill a penalty in the dying seconds. They're finally able to get control of the puck and get it down into the New York zone. And with, again, about four, eh, about six seconds left, Andre Palak finds Nikita Kucherov, down at the post, and Kucherov is able to one-touch a pass to a wide-open Ryan McDonough. Wide-open Ryan McDonough at the top of the left circle. And the patience and the poise of Ryan McDonough to pull off, what he did is incredible. To understand, again, it's in the dying seconds. He knows there's not much time on the clock. He makes a spin move, which draws the defender across to try and block the shot. He also pulls Semyon Varlamov out of the net. He's way out of his blue paint. 
and he spins it to his backhand, and he has a wide-open net to look at. Well, actually, he didn't see it, but he has a wide-open net. All he has to do is direct the puck in that direction, and we've got a tie game. It, it's, it was all set up. The drama was there. And then in the blink of an eye, and I'm st- I still can't believe what I saw. I'm going to pull my Jack Buck here. I don't believe what I just saw. Because Ryan Pollock comes out of seemingly nowhere as he's watching the play develop in front of him and then kind of gets down on his knees and makes himself big. And the puck, it hits his stick. It hits the shaft of Ryan Pulak's stick, ramps up into his chest. So rather than the puck going under the stick and maybe sneaking in, if McDonough pulls the puck a little bit, it probably sneaks in the post. If he shanks it just a little bit, it probably goes right past Pulak, tucks on the inside of the post and goes in. But Pulak makes an unbelievable play to get a piece of the puck, ramp it up off the shaft of his stick, and then it ends up dropping right in front of him. He's able to kind of shove it out. It's amazing. It really is amazing. You just got to kind of tip your cap. You know, first of all, it was a great play. I mean, it's a great play by Ryan McDonough. I mean, to kind of process all that, I've told you guys before how fast these players can process this information. And he did everything he could to give Tampa Bay a tie game. And that goal would have come with about 3.6 seconds left on the clock. And can you imagine how stunned, the stunned silence that would have went through Nassau Coliseum had that puck went in. But it didn't. And it ends up as a 3-2 victory for the Islanders. Ties up the series at two games apiece. Now makes it a best of three with game five. Heading back to Amelie Arena on Monday. Game six will be back in Uniondale at the Nassau Coliseum on Wednesday. Both those times are at 8 o'clock. They're back on NBC Sportsnet. Now, the other thing I want to touch on, and again, this is going to be a quick one. The reason it got to be a 3-0 lead is because Tampa Bay got back into turnover mode. Just too many turnovers. There were a ton of offensive zone turnovers in the first period and the fair share of defensive zone turnovers as well. And this is the one area, especially coming out of game one, that the Lightning knew they have to avoid against this Islander team because they feast on your turnovers. They force you to be impatient. And But this one, like this situation wasn't necessarily about impatience on Tampa Bay's part. This one just seemed different because they couldn't connect a pass. They couldn't corral the puck. They couldn't hold on to uh, the puck. Passes were not going tape to tape. They were being put into bad areas of the ice. They couldn't make plays. It, It was very uncharacteristic of Tampa Bay to play the way they did in the first two periods. It does happen it's easier to say that in in the regular season certainly than it is in the postseason because what could have been a 3-1 series lead now is 2-2. And this is the first time Tampa Bay is facing a 2-2 series since 2018 against the Capitals because they had won 
They'd won game four of each of their previous six series when they were up 2-1. So that's all four series last year on the way to a Stanley Cup. And then the first two series this year, all of those series were 2-1. The Lightning made it 3-1. And in all of them, they ended up winning the series in fewer than six games. But here we are now, 2-2. And a lot of it is because of those turnovers. It's it's a problem. It's an issue. It's something they have to correct. And and you know, like I see a lot of people will sit here and say, "Oh, well they were just they didn't show up. They didn't want it tonight." That wasn't the case. I mean, when you see Braden Point making mistakes as he did on the third New York goal where he tries to skate up the middle, ends up getting put under immediate pressure. And then just blindly kind of throws the puck, hoping, hoping, you can't do hope plays, hoping the puck finds Nikita Kucherov. Instead, it landed on the stick of Adam Pellick, and it stays in the zone, and seconds later ends up on Matt Martin's stick, who flips a backhand over in a goal that made it 3-1 with 2.03 left to play in the second period. Those kind of mistakes have to be avoided. If they're going to win this series, they have to kind of get themselves back under control. They have to understand that the Islanders want to just punish them physically. And that's something that you've really kind of noticed here over the last couple of games is how the Islanders just want to play a dump and chase game for the most part. But the only player who will consistently try and carry the puck through the zone is Matt Barzell. Pretty much everybody else is just dumping it and chasing it and punishing the Lightning. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. It's a, a strategy that worked against the Bruins. Now, the Bruins were banged up on the back end. But Bruce Cassidy did admit towards the end of that series that they were just tired. They were worn down. Now they have to play their top guys a lot more than the Lightning do, that's for sure. They were not able to roll, especially with defensive pairings. The Lightning can do that. So it makes it a little bit easier to withstand that. But you you have to find ways to avoid the Islanders' forecheck. Very similar similar to what they were able to do in games two and game three. You know, what got them the 2-1 series lead? Didn't do it tonight. It's almost, you know, and John Cooper used the word tentative, which is not something that you should be. You shouldn't be tentative at this time of the year. You know, he, he also described the second period as red rotten with the number of turnovers that they did commit. You know, and I, I've had some people ask me about that turnover stat. Keep in mind that that stat is very subjective. It's different from building to building. I mean, think about how many turnovers the Lightning had in game one. And there were a ton, right? Well, they were only credited with 13. Tonight, they were credited with 20. Felt about the same. So that's the biggest area they're going to have to clean up heading into game five, back on home ice. 
and that's to just manage the puck better. I know it sounds simple. You've heard me say it a lot. But it's easily, easily the most controllable thing that they have in their arsenal is to just make better puck decisions, execute plays more. You know, they were able to get through whatever was bogging them down in the first two periods. You know, and here's one thing to kind of keep an eye on. I didn't really have a chance to ask John Cooper after the game, but we saw some line juggling, if you will, some blenders a little bit. Uh, Top line remained intact. Fourth line remained intact. But we saw Steven Stamkos take a few shifts at center with Coleman and Goodrow. We saw Gord take some shifts on the wing with Sorelli and Kalorn, but we also saw Gord take some shifts at center with his usual line with Goodrow and Gord. And in fact, when you look at the ice time, Steven Stamkos played a total of 12 minutes and 5 seconds. His 11 minutes and 4 seconds of even strength time was the fourth lowest on the team. The only players who had under 12 minutes of even strength ice time were Tyler Johnson, Pat Maroon, and Ross Colton. So the fourth line. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on. I know there's been some discussion about Stamkos and uh, his situation, and he needs to be better. He knows it. It was his turnover that led to the first goal in game one. But I found that uh, extremely interesting because Nikita Kucherov's ice time was 21 minutes. Braden Point's ice time was almost 19 minutes. Yanni Gord was 16 minutes. Anthony Sorelli, 15 minutes. Alex Kalorn, 14 minutes. So that line was a little limited as well. But uh, the fact that Stammer... Stamkos only had for the the third period. Now, keep in mind, they're, they're having to chase the game here. He took five shifts, played a total of 244. All of that at even strength. First period, he played 521. Second period, he also only took five shifts in the second period, but that was four minutes of ice time. So that's just something to keep an eye on. I don't think anything's going to change in terms of how the ice time is doled out. But it's just something curious that, um, you know, you just want to watch. You just want to watch and see how it unfolds for game number five. Um, So now we have a best of three. Two of those games are scheduled to be at Amelie Arena. That starts Monday, 8 p.m. at Amelie. Game six will be Wednesday in New York, also at 8 o'clock. And a possible game seven, if needed, would be on Friday, also at 8 p.m. back at Amelie Arena. Right before I sign off here, don't forget about the promo code we have with Smack Apparel. Use the code BOLTS. 21 B-O-L-T-S, Bolts 21, and you will get 21% off any order. That's not just their hockey stuff, 
Check out their back-to-boat shirt. Check out their Big Cat shirt. They got some other cool uh, Tampa Bay hockey-affiliated items on there as well. But that code is good for anything, any of, any of their apparel. It's not just the Tampa Bay hockey stuff. So go check that out again, smackapparel.com. Use the cold, code BOLTS21, B-O-L-T-S-21. Uh, check out my work at lightninginsider.com. I got a little more detail into the turnovers that we saw here in game number four and who perhaps had the most egregious era of the night. Um, also have my book, Lightning Strikes, the 2020 commemorative edition from the Stanley Cup season. Just email me, eric, at lightninginsider.com. And I apologize for how short this one is. I promise I'll be a little bit longer on the next one after game five. Uh, So please check it out then. So until then. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.